My name is Stephen Bashong. I'm associate editor at Solar Power World. This is Solar Speaks. On the line today is Dr. Bart Watson, and for a change of pace, he is not an expert on solar energy. His realm is more the economics of beer and breweries. Bart serves as chief economist at the Brewers Association, whose mission it is to promote and protect American craft brewers, their beers, and the community of brewing enthusiasts. Thank you so much for being here today, Bart. Uh, Glad to be here. So I wanted to talk with you because it's a bit of a micro trend in the microbrewery business to be going solar. Solar Plaza recently released a list of the top 40 solar breweries. And I want our audience to hear from you about the business aspect of breweries, uh, what their staying potential is, since, it, since business longevity is so important among prospective solar customers, and your read on perhaps why breweries are going solar. So I want to start with the business aspect of all of this. I read a stat that said, a new brewery opens every day in the U.S. So why are breweries opening at such an impressive clip? Well, well, first I'll say your stat is a little bit outdated. Uh, oh. Breweries are now opening at a rate of two every day in the U.S. That's amazing. Um, so we've seen, a, yes, it is amazing. And we've seen a real acceleration. Um, you know, I think it's based in consumer demand, like any trend. Um, we're seeing a shift in beer lover demand for fuller flavored products, for the variety of products that they can buy in, in beer, uh, you know, in supermarkets or in uh, bars and restaurants, and, and finally, a, an increased demand for local products. Um, this is across a lot of artisanal products, but we're seeing it particularly strongly in beer. So a solar contractor or developer listening to this is going to be curious about the you know, this, the business strength of breweries. So does this mean the craft brewery business is strong? Are the profits good? Um, well, you know, it's going to depend on the brewery's business model. And you know, one thing I think we'll probably get into a little bit more is that there's a lot of variation across breweries in what they're doing and what their business model looks like. But generally, yes, we've seen a very high success rate. Um, it's almost a shockingly high success rate at this point. Um, and, you know, for many small local brewers, particularly those that have access to direct sales or self-distribution, uh, profits do appear to be very strong. And, and we're seeing most breweries do very well in their local markets. It's amazing with two opening a day that there isn't some kind of saturation, you know, that uh, there's not already too much beer out there to be drank. Well, you know, I think there has to be a saturation point at some point, but from everything we see, we're nowhere near it. Um, You know, what has become very clear is there was a lot of pent-up demand for Hmm. products from small and independent local brewers. Um, And so even with all of these brewery openings, um, there's still a lot more room for growth. Uh, small and independent brewers only had 11% of the market by volume last year. And when you look at other high-end markets, you can see them reach 30 40%. And small brewers aren't the only people competing in those markets. There's imports, there are other high-end products from the large brewers. But I think there's certainly still a lot of room to grow in the high-end beer business. And um, small and independent brewers are going to be one of the dominant players there. Great. So what does uh, success in the craft brewing business require of uh, companies? Well, that's evolving. Um, you know, with 4,000 breweries, I think the most important thing now is, first, you have to have a baseline of quality. Uh, beer lovers are more educated than ever, and so uh, your products have to pass that quality bar um, that it moves higher every every year. Um, secondly, I think you have to differentiate more than ever. It used to be that just by being a small local brewer, you were different. Um, now, most consumers are going to be aware of, of these types of products, um, you know, beers from small and independent brewers. And so you have to think of a way to differentiate, to stand out, to, you know, find a niche in the market that's a little bit different from the brewer down the street. Hmm. 
do breweries have long-term potential to stay in, in business for 20 years or more? And the reason I picked that number out of the sky is because uh, it's sort of a standard amount of time for a solar array to, you know, sit on a roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just curious, how many will make it that long? You know, I think it's hard to get a, a real sense of those percentages in, in such an evolving market, but I think many will, um, and particularly the, the breweries that are going to be the ones that are going to be thinking about making these investments are probably already on a solid um, economic footing or, or larger production breweries that are a little bit more energy intensive. Um, you know, we've seen success rates climb, particularly for production breweries, for microbreweries in recent years, you know, as high as 70% of all the microbreweries that have ever opened are still open now. Um, and so I think there is a lot of longevity, particularly for breweries that you know meet the thresholds I just talked about that are making high quality products and are able to differentiate themselves. Um, you know, certainly we are going to see some closings in the coming years when you have four thousand breweries open, the vast majority of them in a short time. Some are going to close, but you know, there's no signs that this is not something that's built on solid demand, which suggests that you know people who run their businesses effectively have a lot of staying power. Very good. So over the past uh, few years, we've seen a number of press releases come through about uh, wineries that have gone solar. So I'm curious if you could compare uh, wineries to breweries and, and how they might be the same or different. Well, there certainly are some differences, though, again, it's going to depend on business model. And wineries provide another great data point to show why I think there's still a lot of room and opportunities for new breweries. Uh, We have over 8,000 wineries in this country, and Americans drink a lot more beer than they drink wine. So the fact that we only have 4,000 breweries shows there's there's still opportunities for growth. Um, You know, I think... there are a couple of big differences. One, wineries are much more geographically concentrated um, and so have different business models often based around direct shipping and tourism um, that you don't see with breweries that are more likely to be rooted in their local communities, have maybe more stable foot traffic or um, you know, a, a base of customers who uh, reside in their community. You know, we're also seeing that the breweries tend to, I think there's a lot more medium-sized breweries. Wineries are either large companies or very small kind of niche products. And breweries really run the, the ranges of size, I think, a little bit more. That, you know, regional brewery doesn't really exist in the winery model in quite the same way. You touched on geography there. Um, are breweries clustered in certain parts of the states or are they well spread out? They're much more spread out than they used to be. Um, It certainly was true that they used to be more geographically clustered around what used to be kind of more their core demographic in urban areas and, you know, affluent suburbs, um, you know, on the coasts. And we've really seen this diversify in recent years. Hmm. Um, Recently, we did a geographic analysis of all the breweries and found that 75% of 21 plus adults now live within 10 miles of a brewery. And you don't get a stat like that unless you have breweries all over the country. So, not only in all 50 states, but increasingly in rural parts of states, in you know suburbs that didn't have a brewery before. So it's really diversified in recent years. Well, I'm uh, based in Cleveland, so I can only speak to my experience here, but it seems like a lot of the uh, microbrews or breweries based here are in old, uh, older buildings that have been revitalized, um, Great Lakes, Platform. Would you say that that sort of thing is true of a majority of breweries, or is that just the Cleveland aesthetic? I wouldn't say it's true of a majority of breweries, but it's certainly true of a lot of breweries. You know, one of the advantages breweries have for community redevelopment is that they can go into former industrial spaces. I mean, this is a manufacturing business, and so particularly for production breweries, um, they can go into spaces that um, weren't being used because of deindustrialization and often revitalize those areas. Um, This is a story we see in in lots of parts of the country where a brewery can go in and really help a neighborhood turn around as a magnet magnet to pull other businesses, to Hmm. pull foot traffic. Um, you know, 
as we were just talking about, there's a real geographic diversity in where breweries are. So I wouldn't say this is true of the majority of breweries, but it's certainly something that has aided the spread of breweries because they can go into these spaces and community leaders love that. It, it's great for both the brewery and for the community. Yeah, that's an important thing to note because the structure of the building, you know, matters a lot when you're going to put a solar array on top, which mm-hmm. brings me to the next question. Uh, would you say there are a lot of breweries out there on open land where they might have, you know, a field to put a solar array in? We're seeing that more and more as breweries, again, diversify and become a little bit more, um, you know, uh, concentrated in rural areas as well. Um, you know, I, I think the majority of breweries are still located in urban or suburban areas, but we are seeing more breweries spread out. Um, the rise of the farm brewery, um, several states have created specific licenses for breweries that also operate as agricultural entities and grow some of their own ingredients. Um, we're seeing more breweries locate to, um, you know, tourist areas in the country, uh, wine regions, um, and so I think there are some opportunities for, for breweries to be out in the land. This farm brewery concept um, is certainly one that's growing in popularity in, in many states. Now, I do want to touch on uh, solar briefly here since this is Solar Power World. Um, it seems like uh, breweries adopting solar is, is a bit of a trend in the industry, uh, led perhaps by campaigns like the Brewery Climate Declaration. It's, it's, it's a trend to use sustainable business practices, including adding renewable energy. So why is there this enthusiasm for renewable energy and other sustainable technology uh, in the beer industry? right now. Well, you know, I think it follows the triple bottom line concept. You know, breweries are are doing this for a variety of reasons. They're doing it because it makes sense for their business. Um, You know, breweries can be fairly energy intensive. You're heating a lot of water for the brewing process. And so, um, you know, reducing your energy costs in the long run makes sense. Um, They're doing it because it's great marketing. It's a way to connect with um, their consumers. People who drink craft tend to be a little bit more affluent, higher socioeconomic status, more likely to care about um, some of these energy issues and sustainability. Um, and I think they're doing it finally because these are just issues that brewers care about. Um, you know, water has been one that's been very important to brewers. Water is incredibly important to the brewing process. But, you know, you talk to brewers and, you know, they care about sustainability. They care about the environment. And so I think it's something that's just personally uh, very important to a lot of breweries. And, and you add all those things together. And I think it just makes a good business, social, marketing, everything sense for a lot of breweries. Do you see the commitment to uh, solar or other sustainable technologies growing? I, I do think you are seeing it. Um, you know, partly that's just a development of the industry issue. Um, you know, if you're starting up, you're not thinking about putting a solar array on your roof as the first thing. You're thinking about all the other things that are required to start up and run a business. But we're starting to see a lot of breweries reach a point where they're a little bit more more mature. They're starting to think long term. We're seeing breweries, you know, particularly large regional craft breweries, uh, build second facilities um, where they can do a little bit more of what they wanted, really impose a vision as opposed to building in a piecemeal way that they maybe had to when they first started. Um, So I do think you're seeing it it grow, at least in absolute terms. Uh, Whether it's growing as a percentage of breweries, I think, is a little bit harder to analyze since we have so many breweries coming online. Do you think that a lot of companies are adding renewables um, for simply the marketing aspect of it? Well, I do think that's a portion of it. You know, we talked a little bit about how it makes sense and the communities they're located in are often ones that care about these issues. But I don't think they would be doing it if that was the the only reason. Um, I think they do care about it. 
uh, something that brewers seem passionate about. Um, and, you know, I think it makes a good business sense for a lot of breweries. You know, breweries, you know, are, are fairly energy intensive. It's a manufacturing business. And, and, you know, when you're constantly heating water for your boil kettle or for your hot liquor tank, um, having a, you know, reliable source of energy that over the long term reduces your costs makes sense. Um, and so, you know, this is solar and other renewables have been something. Wind power is another one that breweries in parts of the country where that's available um, are turning to as, as well. So um, it's not just about marketing, though. Um, I think that does play a piece for many breweries. Yeah, I understand your uh, organization, uh, the Brewers Association, is working on a report about renewables uh, in the industry. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and maybe uh, yeah. when it will be done? Sure, um, and and hopefully it's being done very soon. We worked with the uh, Antea Group on that, and you know some of this too is just around energy benchmarking, help helping small brewers understanding their energy usage and looking for ways to improve it. And um, certainly, renewables and alternative energy sources are a piece of that. That you know, we think once brewers understand how exactly they're using energy, um, you know that they'll look for solutions to um, you know reduce that usage and make themselves more energy efficient. So you know we're always looking for ways to, to help our members grow and develop and, and we think um, sustainability and, and energy use is a big part of that. Well, uh, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us today, uh, Bart. Um, I won't ask you what your favorite microbrew is. I feel like that could cause some problems for you. Yeah, it's a little bit like picking between children. <laughs> And uh, thank you so much to the Brewers Association uh, for uh, letting you, you spend some time with uh, Solar Power World today. Wonderful. Thanks. I enjoyed it very much. Great. My name is Stephen Bashong. I'm Associate Editor at Solar Power World, and this has been Solar Speaks. Thank you for listening.